もしもしもしもしもしもしもしもし Uh, hey, Dan. Yeah, what? what? Dan, you, you got mush, mushy, mushy mouth again. Buddy. Oh, that's right. I gotta, I, I gotta clean my mouth, guys. Hold on. <laughs> It's stuck to my teeth, you know, like a popcorn kernel. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Indie Film Review. Yes. I'm Jared. I'm Dan. We, we do a podcast. This is a we podcast. We do do a podcast. We, every week, we, we review an independent film. Yeah. Um, most of the time they are listener submitted films, uh, because listeners are filmmakers and filmmakers are listeners and they will、oh. submit their films to us and we will watch them and review them and give them a fair shake. But today, listeners, we decided to take on the indie film. Decided? Decided? Sound like you said decided. I did say that. <laughs> we decided to take on the indie film of all indie films. Not only was this my first indie film, it was what spurred my love of <gasps> film and film studies in the first place. And that film is Tetsuo the Iron Man. Seriously, like this is the beginning. This is the beginning for us. I don't, I mean, I know I forced you to watch it, but I don't know what, like, if this is what got you into films too. <laughs> this is the blossoming of our friendship. It's this film and The Holy Mountain, pretty much. Oh, God, The Holy Mountain. Yeah, you're the way. So I was Tetsuo, and then you were The Holy Mountain. So we're going to have to do The Holy Mountain eventually, too. Just classics. Jeez. Tetsuo the Iron Man. I remember you bringing me to your house. You're like, you have to watch this film. And I remember you just. Turning it on and leaving. <laughs> and I was by myself and like in your room and like just、uh, watching it for an hour. It was、uh, really strange. It's so, the, the whole film is an hour long. It's only an hour long. And I just realized that this film is probably like in my collection, it's probably the most valuable DVD I have because. Really? It was only released on DVD twice, once in 1998 and once in 2003. And I have the distributor from 1998. Whoa. So, and I got it from a freaking flea market in St. Augustine, Florida.、Ah. And it is in mint condition. Like, I was surprised because I, I, I just bought it, like, oh, I need this in my collection. And I took it out and I put it in the PS5 last night. And man, No scratches. It is a perfect DVD. And I got it from a flea market. While we're talking about this film, I'm looking at the stills on the IMDb and I'm just in awe. Every, I'm just so impressed at every single image. That's one of my notes.、Um, well, let me find it. <laughs> It's so good. Okay. <laughs> I, yes, I, I can pause any minute of this film, any frame of this film, I can just pause it and it will just be so interesting. It's it's like you're watching an interesting painting unfold. Yeah. Like there's always something to pay attention. And it goes by so fast. So it's like you can like again literally pause any frame of this film and just look at it for hours. Beautiful black and white. Oh yeah. Say what the movie is. Try to describe what、oh, Tetsuo the Iron、God. Man is, Dan. So this came out in <laughs> July of 1989. In,、uh-huh. in, in Japan,、um, directed by Shinya Sukamoto, and he plays the antagonist of this film as well. Oh, okay.、Cool. And,、um, oh man. So, Tetsuo the Iron Man is, I'm going to give like kind of the, 
the Wikipedia-ish synopsis. I'm going to use some key terms from Wikipedia. But there is a metal fetishist in Tokyo who um, is obsessed with metal. And one day he cuts open his skin, inserts a gigantic metal rod into it. It becomes infected with maggots and he freaks out. And he runs out into the street and then he um, gets hit by a car. Then we're going to fast forward to a new person who's being overcome by metal, and it feels like this metal fetishist is cursing him. And that's yeah. that's where I'm going to leave it, because there is kind of a spoiler thing in the middle of it that you don't find out until the very end of the film. God damn this movie. It's about the protagonist's whole trajectory into this metal curse. It's so fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> It, like after watching it oh last night again, God. after watching it last night again, I have to, I had to reevaluate my top ten movies because oh my God, this film, it's it's not going to be everybody's film. It's very avant garde. It's very experimental. It's mm-hmm. it's very much out there, and it's like grinding on your teeth. But it's also very entertaining. Yes. Like, I wasn't bored. It's like you're watching an anime. Like, so many of the frames, he, it feels like he's trying to make an anime in real life. And the shots are so well composed that you're so interested in everything that's mm-hmm. going on. Uh, Dan, question for you. Do you think the sweat on every single character in every single scene was intentional or they were just sweaty as fuck? That is an excellent question. Because I don't know. Um, everyone is drenched in sweat this entire I film. Think it I've is, never seen a sweatier movie. I think it is intentional, but I also think that it could have been a happy accident. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're sweating? Oh, I kind of like the way that looks. Let's just leave it on. Let's glisten, guys. Let's. But, I mean, like, think about the, the antagonist's hideout. It's like this, it's just, it looks like it's a boiler room. Like, it's super hot and steamy. So I think, yeah, it, he definitely has sweat as his part of his um, uh, costume. Yeah, and sex plays a big role in this, which I didn't oh, remember so originally good. when I watched this. Um, and, like, the act of voyeurism and sex and just, like, a steamy love affair. Again, and, it like, it's it's necessary sex too it's it's it number one it's tactful number two it is um it it advances the plot and those those are my two big rules for having sex in your movie because like otherwise i don't want to watch it (laughs) i mean there is a scene there's a couple scenes uh that involve sex that are not as tactful as dan well okay we'll say tasteful (laughs) you're right tactful is not the word i want to use um they're definitely very crass and sometimes funny and sometimes horrifying. Like this film Wonderful. is, it's, it's a horror movie. Like we can f- safely say that, right? Oh yes. Body horror. It's like metal Cronenberg. Yeah. Very Cronenberg. Fucking. Oh, did just... you ever see that Cronenberg movie called crash? Uh, no, I haven't, but you know what it's about? Yes. Yeah. I had watched um, Tetsuo a long time ago a couple times and I watched that movie and I'm like, Oh, this kind of reminds me of tattoo. And then when, as I was watching it last night, I'm like, Oh, that kind of reminds me of crash. It was, it's, it's interesting. Like Cronenberg does come to mind whenever I'm watching this film, but Jared, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how did you like the soundtrack to this movie? I mean, 
It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's like this industrial like boom bum boom bum boom bum boom bum and it just it it keeps building and building and building and the way this film makes you feel with sound like the scraping of metal in someone's teeth. It's not just this it's not just the music. It's it's the whole sound design. Yes. It's incredible. You feel off-put, you feel like unnerved. It's sometimes it's hard to watch, but Still, the whole time, I'm, I couldn't look away. It, mm -hmm. It's like the movie is repulsive, but I am locked in. Like, I can't I can't look anywhere else. And, like, there's a scene, uh, I'll spoil it or whatever, even though we're not technically in spoilers, where a character is feeding another character some food. Oh, yes. Oh. And so she's, like, eating some eggs. And when she eats the eggs, it sounds like uh, metal on metal. And then, and then he he like hands her a sausage on a fork, and she starts like licking it all sexually and stuff. But it's like a scraping sound. It, it <laughs> the sound is so unnerving. Well, because oh, he's he's becoming horrific. the Iron Man. He's becoming yeah. He has that. He's he's becoming infected with that that fetish. Yeah. And he's he's un, unwittingly, I guess, is the best way to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, really fucking crazy. Uh, so yeah, music is great, and then. There's like this soft music that they'll put in there sometimes. Oh yeah, like the soft jazz. Yeah, the soft jazz. Just out of nowhere. And I'm like, it, they do it a couple times. And it's effective both times. And I'm yes. like, this is so good. Because like, something, of course, insanely terrible had just happened. And now we're having this like soft ba -da -da -da. moment. <laughs> it's like it's so just really soft saxophone. Yeah, really, really soft melody. That's I mean, it's like a nice harmonious melody too. Like it's well composed. It's it's so bizarre, so bizarre. So like we have this salary man guy, right? Who is I don't know if he's salary man, not salary man, <laughs> salary man. Yeah, Thank I know. you. I know. Uh, but in the beginning, there's that cool montage of him just like freaking out. Oh, the suit. David Byrne dance. Yes, David Byrne. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, I, it reminded me of Stop Making Sense so much. And I'm yeah. like, I wonder if it's like an homage from that. It like, might it's, be. It's so, so similar. And I love the effect of uh, when he's morphing, how his shirt puffs up. How do you think they did that? Like his shirt will like move around. There's like they something had, in his there shirt. There has to be some kind of mechanism that's inside the shirt. So the movie doesn't look very high budget, but... The special effects that they do, the practical effects in this, are superb. Like, there's so many things, like, I don't know how they did it. Like, there's a scene where... Oh, I have one that I want to talk about. Maybe it's the same okay. one. There's a scene where a monster lady lifts up uh, the salary man, and he's, like, pulling... Like, it, when mm. he's in the bathroom, that fucking scene is really cool. I don't know how they did that. Uh, again, there's, like, the whole morphing. Because, like, a lot of that stuff they show, you know, like, they'll show you all of that happening in real time. If you love stop motion... Oh. The stop motion in this film is top notch. It's so good. Growing up, I thought I loved stop motion animation, watching films like Jason the Argonauts with the Cyclops. Yeah. But this film, it's like it on crack. Made me love stop, <laughs> like just it made me want to, you know, marry my soulmate of stop motion animation. <laughs> it was it's so good. It's just this movie is vile. It's unnerving. It's uh, disgusting, and I love it. I love every second of it. <laughs> it's hyperactive. It's, <laughs> it's so insane. It's, it's ridiculous. So th one of the things that I want to talk about in terms of an um, amazing practical effects scene, there's a scene where 
he is expelling this pipe that's it's dripping this kind of mucusy fluid into somebody else's mouth and the pipe comes out it comes out and then it drips and then it come it goes back into his throat and it's like how are they doing that how yeah there's no like tr- i don't think there's like a trick of it no being, it's like know, in like, his mouth it really is in his mouth so i have no idea how they did that it was incredible and that's it's only it's only i don't know 20 seconds of the film it goes by really quick but it's, it's so bizarre and gross there's so many iconic, amazing looking shots in this movie. I'm just looking at all of them. Yeah, everything is, I mean, they even bring it up in the film where it's like, it looks like the metal is like artistically placed on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the doctor says that. The doctor's only in one scene. And he's a creepy ass doctor. Yeah. He's talking to the guy after his car accident. He's like, you have a piece of metal stuck in your head or whatever that I can't remove. That's the whole movie. Like, everything is aesthetically pleasing, even if what you're looking at is not pleasing. Yes. If that makes sense. <laughs> so, let's just, let's start getting into it, because I can tell oh we're gushing already. God, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, we'll have to spoil this. Where can people even see yeah, this? I have You a DVD. sent me a DVD of it. I just typed in Tetsuo, the Iron Man streaming, and the first thing that came up was an ad for Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. I don't think it's on Disney Plus, guys. Sorry. Guys, this film is available on Amazon to purchase on DVD yep. for $68. And you could rent it on Apple TV. $68 for a DVD of this. Oh my god. You can rent it on uh YouTube for two bucks. Oh, do that. Microsoft, uh, Google Play. Yeah, yeah. You can rent it for like two bucks right now. I would do it. I would buy it. Buy it. Go buy it right now. This is a direct challenge to the Necropodica team. <laughs> Watch this film. Listen, abandon your family. <laughs> abandon everything you knew. Watch this film alone. Don't let your don't let your children yeah. watch this film. Yeah. But just challenge yourselves to see where yes. we're coming from. It's yes. oh, so good. Find a rhubarb. Not a, is it no <laughs> a rebar. Not yeah, a rhubarb. Yeah. <laughs> rhubarb. Find a rhubarb flavored rebar. And and just just shove it right in your mouth. Just just shove it in your mouth. Right down your fucking throat. Okay, so, Jared, the first five minutes of this film, just so disturbing and captivating, like you said. Uh-huh. Just, like, the first five, not even five minutes, maybe even three or two. Just the first, before the, the title sequence, it's disgusting. That's where, you, yeah. where, that's where he opens up his leg and he puts the rebar into it. And it's gross. It's metal on skin. And there's just something about industry mixing f- with flesh that is, is so captivating to me. I think th- this is probably what made me obsessed with that idea. And that's mm-hmm. like what my thesis was about, how media and flesh combine. And what I like about this film in particular is it's, it is all that, but it's poetic. The visuals, like you said, are so aesthetically pleasing because everything is composed so well and the rhythm of the film is incredible it's fast paced but it's it takes time to show you what needs to be shown yeah i i so many close up shots of the mm-hmm. the movie makes it intentionally claustrophobic in a lot of different scenes to make you feel uneasy especially in the first couple minutes there the camera is going all over the place and this only happens in like this scene and maybe like one other scene where 
the camera cannot keep still. So when you first start watching, you're like, oh no, is this going to be the whole movie? But it's like, this this is all intentional to kind of like make you feel disoriented when you're watching this man stumble around and then he goes into the warehouse and like cuts his leg open. Because like everything is building up. There's a there's a trick that this movie does where it'll start playing the music and it'll start just zooming over metal, just different metal objects, like really, really close to them. Just like doom dum, doom dum. And you're going through and you're looking at all the different things in the room, all this crazy shit, and it's all building and it's building, and like you're getting like an anxiety as you're watching mm-hmm. it. And then what was the climax of that first scene is when he first stabs his leg. That's what kills the music. It kills the close-up scenes. And it's almost like a release of this tension. You're like, what is happening? Because you're just freaking out while you're watching it. And he stabs his leg and it looks really, looks realistic. It looks real. It was nasty. And it's, and it's abstracted. You don't see like the whole of him. He's hiding. You just see his yeah. hand raise up and then go into his thigh. It's like the first thing you see in the movie. And then he starts shoving the, the rebar pipe or whatever it is into his leg. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> and then it's maggots in it. And he freaks out. Oh, God. It's it's crazy. So talk about like him getting hit by the car and, and how that works into the film. Well, before that, there's something okay. interesting that I do want to talk about. What's with all the Olympic runners that he has oh. cut out? So that, I think part of that is he's putting metal into his legs to, like, make himself run better, I guess. Like, I mean, I was thinking that there's some kind of connection between athletes and machines. And I guess that would go to your point. Like, he, he's yeah. just trying to be more, um, he, he wants to be in tip-top condition. And he yes. feels that, like, a metal will do this. He wants to be a machine because he thinks they're better than humans, I guess. So, the accident is well let's let's talk about the accident as a whole because we're in spoilers yeah. now so what happens is he runs out into the street after he realizes that he's infected his leg like an idiot and he gets hit by this um this dude who is named he man. doesn't have a name yeah it's nobody in man. this has man it's man and man, woman, woman and, and then metal fetishist woman in glasses uh anyway Man is played by Tomorrow Tomorrow Taguchi. He's excellent. And then Woman is played by Kei Fujiwara, who's also excellent. They're both amazing. She's so wonderful in this. What happens is they're like, hey, are you okay? And he's dead. Well, they think he's dead or he's going to die. So they put him in the backseat of their car. She's looking back at him like, what are we going to do? He's like, he's dying in our car. And they take him to this remote location and they dump him in the woods and man is somewhat aroused by this, this naughty <laughs> nature that he's doing. And he starts having sex with woman. <laughs> Meanwhile, metal fetishist wakes up and is looking. And then woman's like, he's looking at us. And man does not stop having sex with woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, how I interpreted it, it was the dude never like, closes his eyes like he's awake the whole time he just can't move and they're getting turned on by him watching them so they're like let's fuck in front of this guy because that's hot because they're fucking psychos so it is implied at this point that somehow doing this and and abandoning this man he puts a curse on them some like metal 
curse thing yeah. where he is able to take over people's bodies and like mm-hmm. he'll go inside of them as like a little metal man and he's like controlling them like a mech almost yeah. and like they start to grow like metal objects out of their hands and just like grotesque not even objects just like but yeah grotesque is the right word to use it's and again the practical effects in this movie are out of this world because the amount of detail in them cuz it's not just like i'm going to put foil on you it's like there's wires yeah. jetting out of everywhere it, it like they legitimately look like they're coming out of the flesh so whoever m- melded the the makeup together was amazing it's indescribable I mean, there are definitely certain scenes where you look at the special effects, you're like, okay, I can kind of tell what that was or whatever. But the black and white does a lot of the heavy lifting in helping the illusion. Mm-hmm. And everything is so aesthetically pleasing that I, it's so easy to just like, you know, I'm so in already. Like, I don't even care yeah. if maybe something like, oh, that kind of just looks like some tinfoil or whatever. Like, well, it, it still looks fucking rad. Uh, so it d- d- didn't bother me that much. Now... The whole aspect of this curse on this couple that killed this weird metal fetishist guy, it's interesting to me because at one point I thought, is any of this really even happening or are they in some kind of like purgatory hell? Did they ever escape the car crash is what I'm thinking. <laughs> you're, you're, this is actually a really good point because the, the, the car crash reminded me of a film called Jigoku. Mm-hmm. from the 1960s and that was about a car crash that a a wife and son of this dude they they go to hell mm-hmm. and it's a baby and the guy goes into hell to uh retrieve it yeah so that that might be a really interesting illusion they're making but another illusion it's like a dante's inferno type of thing yeah that basically what that was and oh dude the the set pieces in that movie ooh. Anyway, another illusion that I saw was um, the scene where the Zombo lady was chasing him. Yeah. That scene reminded me a lot of the hell scene from Jacob's Ladder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, very claustrophobic down hallways and, like, chain links everywhere. So my, my big theory is all of this was happening in the dying man's head as he was, like, watching them bone. Like, mm. this is all a fantasy of his to get revenge on them. And he was just... Because, like, he's the fetishist, right? So, like, he's just thinking about all this really fucked up shit in his head. And he's mm-hmm. imagining all this, like, them getting tortured and all this fucking stuff happening to them uh, in his dying moments, which are kind of, like, lasting forever. They're just going on and on and on. Um, or, you know, maybe he just turned into, like, a metal god and, like, absorbed them. And now they're all, like, one super metal being and they're going to go and uh, the new world o- order of flesh and metal uh, have become one and... And the whole world will be become susceptible. I'm leaning on that theory. I think this film is a <laughs> metaphor for Japan in the late 1980s. Becoming industrialized. The, well, yeah, because Japan was the leader of industry during the 1980s. Yeah. And this is kind of a meditation on where is technology going to lead us? Where is industry going to lead mm-hmm. us? Because it's very, like, the metaphor is there. Like, I'm going to implant metal into your flesh because that's kind of what we're becoming, right? The very end of the film is let's make the whole world metal and turn the whole world to rust. Yeah. So that in and of itself is like, that's what happens with industry. Like metal becomes rust and it decays. And this film, I think, has a really interesting preoccupation with decay. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. I mean, a woman literally, she dissolves in front of another character and then becomes someone else. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just start talking about scenes we like. Okay. So Zombo Lady, so iconic. She's amazing. When he's running from her down the subway. Okay. So we've talked about the first five minutes of the film. (laughs) Enter minute six. (laughs) Minute six, he meets this woman. And he sits down next to her. She's just like, oh, I I don't want to sit next to you. And then she's all sweaty and weird. Yeah, she gets away from him. And then she looks on the ground and there's this pile of metal and flesh just on the ground. Yeah, pulsating. Gross. And she touches it. She pokes it with a pen. (laughs) (laughs) That allows metal fetishists to take over her. And she turns into this crazy metal zombie thing yeah. like her fa- like the makeup on her face like it protrudes outward of her yeah, forehead yeah it's so and good as the scene goes on she's just more encapsulated by this metal and she's trying to kill him and he she chases him through all the subway tunnels and he they end up in the bathroom and bringing up the stop motion like she she holds him up like you were saying mm-hmm. and she throws him and how we get action shots in this film is through stop motion animation yeah so she throws them and then he runs to this warehouse and the way he runs is we're going to ellipse time through stop motion animation. But then later on in the film, that's how characters run. Yeah. Like they're not moving. They're just taking individual pictures of stop, like of um, them in running poses. And that's how they get from one point to the next. So what I think is going on is because at that point he is infected by the metal too. And yeah, well, because minute five and a half, he we get another iconic scene where he it's like there's this little thing jutting out of his cheek and he touches it and it explodes in the mirror. Just blood flies everywhere. And I think <laughs> yeah, that scene. So crazy. I don't know. Just the, everything about this movie is just it immediately imprints on your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, it's so bizarre. Disgusting. Dan, we haven't talked about the cock drill. And I feel like that's a mistake. Well, we have to talk about the... We have to talk about the cock hose first. Well, please, please elaborate. Uh, uh, Listeners have to know. Okay, so um, man has a dream sequence in which his girlfriend has an enormous hose-like penis appendage that comes out of her... Her... Vagine. Pelvic area. And she does this really erotic dance with it and it's like attached to like a wire or something. Uh So as she's dancing, it's like doing all these snake head movements. And then it culminates in him being um, sodomized. Uh, Ah, yes. Hmm. (laughs) Yep. And then right after that, he wakes up and he's like, his girlfriend's like, is there something wrong? He's like, no, everything's fine. And then they fuck. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) No. So they're having sex and he gets so aroused that his his like dick explodes and it's a giant drill and his girlfriend's totally fine with it. He's like, oh, it's, you know, okay. And then he, he's, he keeps morphing, you know, like his face is changing. Mm-hmm. So he runs and hides in the closet and his girlfriend's like, listen, listen, uh, everything's going to be okay. He's like, no, I look like a freak. He's like, no, 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 I won't run away. I won't run away. It'll be fine. Like, I still love you. And then she... She's already seen his giant robot cock, by the way, that's a spinning drill. She's totally fine with that. But then when they they finally do this reveal of, like, showing what he actually looks like, and she freaks out. (laughs) Like, stabs him with a fork in the throat or something. It gets really violent. The fight scenes in this are great. After she stabs him, she 
it's like, oh, this is turning me on. So she starts oh, kissing no. him, this oh, this no. dead body. Oh, no. And he comes back to life because he, like, charges himself by sticking his, his fork into a, a, a electrical outlet. And oh, my God. as he's becoming aroused, she's on top of him. The drill penetrates her. And you just hear, like, you don't realize it's happening until you hear the whirring. And then you're like, oh, oh, no. And then blood flies everywhere. She sits on the drill. She does it this herself. This movie is disturbing. This movie and is then, so disturbing. There is a still, it's it's on IMDb of her and the blood behind her, the blood spray against the the oh, curtain. Insane. There is so much blood that the background is covered entirely in blood. You can't see anything else but her face and the blood. And it's fucking intense. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. This whole oh. film, man. Intensity. Oh my god! So then we start getting the uh, the like haunting of the entity of the metal fetishist guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he's zooming, and I think how they're zooming is what they're trying to show is they are like gliding around because they have like little rocket shoes attached to their ankles. So the the entity, the cursed one or whatever, he is flying towards the the man in the streets, but he has like a bouquet of flowers. So he shows up (laughs) at the apartment and then he possesses the woman who's now dead. And she's, uh, the, uh, the man, he covers her in flowers and like, does this like weird burial thing. And that's the scene where he like vomits some weird ooze into her mouth with the tube and the tube comes back into his mouth. and shit. Right. So he, he possesses the dead woman. She comes back to life and they both start fighting. They start fighting. And then he like throws her. She she throws him against the wall. And the man is inside of this woman. And he, you start hearing the man's voice through the woman, which was so jarring mm-hmm. and fucking weird. And then her entire body dissolves. And then out pops the dude. He's like in this <laughs> suit with a fucking bouquet of flowers. And he hands it to him. And I'm like, this is like Looney Tunes. <laughs> Insanity. Well, like I'm saying, it's like it's like an anime. Like, can't you imagine this happening in like a really weird 1980s, like adult rated anime? <laughs> yeah, it's so nuts. And he's like, oh, thank God you didn't die. Basically because I want to torture you some more. And the fetishist guy, whenever he closes his hand, he can like pull metal in he can like magnetize Mm. and demagnetize metal and he keeps putting metal onto him there's amazing effects where like it'll show like two metal cups and then through the stop motion they'll crumple up and get destroyed or like a panel fly across the room and break in two it's just all these really really cool things and then one thing i did not remember is a little kitty cat gets absorbed oh yeah i forgot about that too a little kitty cat gets absorbed by the metal and he's like an evil robot kitty he's like (laughs) it reminded me of like eraser head and the evil baby i was like oh no it's so gross dude there is a um Never mind, never mind. I I was just reading an article that compared this film to Eraserhead. Oh, yeah? I mean, yeah, there's some a little... I feel like this is... The pacing is way different, right? I mean, this film is fucking on crack. (laughs) 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 All right, Dan, uh, we could talk... Like, 
We could go through every single scene, but I'd rather you just watch the film. Please go watch it. It's amazing. We haven't even told you the half of it. There's so yeah, much the, more that happens there is, in this movie. Really quickly, though, there's this, there is a scene that is kind of confusing at first if you watch it. Okay. Um, where there's, there's a guy that's um, kind of like, he looks like a hobo, and he's holding a big rebar. He's called the Tramp. The tramp. Yeah, I love it. He he um he he is hitting like he he's he hits the wall and he comes and he hits the camera and yeah. that is supposed to be what happened to the metal fetishist as a child and that's <sighs> kind of where he got his metal fetish. Oh, I didn't understand. Well, because like it that's because was... it's it stops him. It arrests him. Like he's having that memory. Oh, because like I thought that was happening to the businessman. Cause he had, he was like flying around and going out of control, but oh, that was all in his head. Oh, interesting. And that's what I think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that's because you saying that it's, the metal in his head is coming from the car accident. I think the metal in his head came from the guy beating him as a child, and then he went to see a doctor. Oh, and then that's why he's. Gotcha. That make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's um either way it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. This, it, either way, it doesn't really matter because you're not really in this film for the narrative. You're in it for everything else. Yes, yes. Uh the narrative is intriguing but not important. Oh, okay. So there there are a lot of scenes where the businessman is seeing what the metal fetishist is seeing or experiencing. Mm-hmm. And how they show that is through the lens of a a tube TV. So it is literally, the camera is filming a TV <laughs> that is projecting a memory or, or maybe like reliving the flashback of the car accident. And every time it happens to them, they, they like physically feel it. I just thought it was so cool how they just keep layering these effects on top of each other to where at some point you don't know what is reality or like where we are in space and time, you're just lost in a sea hell of metal and flesh. It gets so, uh, sexy. Mm. Oh, Dan, I think, uh, I think I like it. No, I'm just kidding. I think I like it too. So, uh, final thoughts is fantastic. It's it's fucking flawless movie. This movie's everything I want in a film. Fuck you if you don't like this movie. You can actually go fuck off. <laughs> oh, man. It, also, um, watch the movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just watch at least the first five minutes so you can expose yourself to that. Yeah. And then turn it off because you probably will. But Yeah, no, this... I totally get how people would be like, oh, no, this movie's a nightmare. If you look at the review, the reviews are so fun to read about this film, especially the oh, really? some from like 2020 where people are like, what is this? They're, they're trying to enjoy it. And they're just like, I don't understand. It's I don't get it. It's fucking crazy now. OK. Question for you real quick before we wrap up is yeah. uh, Akira, the anime, right? Or Akira. Is that directly inspired by Tetsuo? No. You don't think so? Because a- a- Akira came out before Tetsuo. Oh. The manga, the manga Akira was uh, 86, 87. Uh-huh. And the film came out in 88. So maybe it's the other way around. Yeah. I see. I, I would see. agree with Interesting. that. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. All right. Uh, 
Thank you for listening, Dan Dudenplug. You can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Give us your film and we'll watch it after we watch Tetsuo again. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We also have a Patreon. You can submit your film or you submit your film to us. And if you don't want to wait for the six month waiting period, we have a tier set up on Patreon that is $5. You give us a one time donation of $5 and we bump your fill up. We bump your film up to a shorter waiting list. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. Necropodicon.com. Go check it out. We got new hot and sexy episodes of Grow Out of It that are that are releasing. Uh, oh, fucking Gunpowder Trees and No Plot is starting up. The new season's starting up. That's fucking sick. Waffles, his Grow Out of It episode, superb. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Super. Um, yeah. Waffles and Mario talk about things, of course, is super good. But yeah, a lot of cool podcasts on there. Go check them out. Sons of the Fathers. I'm on that. Whoa. Wowie woo wee. Uh, multifaceted, multi-talented. Yep, that's me. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, mm -hmm. Call of Cthulhu RPG actual play podcast. It's got horror. It's got suspense. It's got sillies and goofs and gaffs. Recently, I uh, accidentally assaulted a child, uh, my character, <laughs> and he got in trouble. All I did was pick up a child, and apparently that was a bad idea because I didn't realize the child was the chosen one, apparently. And when you pick up the chosen one... Uh, people get mad the at you. Chosen one. Chosen one. <laughs> so yeah, uh, look forward to that scene. Uh, but yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, Dan. Final thank word. Bye-bye. Oh, um, guys, I'm going to turn the world into rust. Mushy, mushy. Mushy, Are you searching for a D&D podcast that tells a twisted and macabre tale, set in a world in a siege by cosmic horrors? One that will make you fear for what lurks in the darkness and question your own grasp on reality? To bear witness to a party struggle against their inner demons as they walk the thin line between hero and villain, while their sanity frays and falls apart at the seams. Keeping good humor and a joke on their lips as all they know and love crumbles away. The chanting of cults, the corruption of mortals, the nightmares of the cosmos and the whispering of dark gods all awaits you in Gunpowder, Treason, No Plots, a 5th edition D&D podcast. Be sure to listen on any of your favorite podcast providers. Part of the Necropodicon Network. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.